Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 3, Episode 3, titled The Earth Queen. Yet another fantastic episode. This thing, just like the first two episodes of the season just like the entire season in general, is so brilliant in so many ways. And I love everything about it. So, there's a bunch of different plot lines to talk about in this episode alone. Uh, We'll start with, I guess, the main one, quote-unquote, with Korra and the Earth Queen. Starting with uh, their meeting... Which goes not very well at all. I love, by the way, how, like, (laughs) you have the Earth King in Avatar The Last Airbender, who's this very earnest, kind of wacky, but still very much grounded in, in good intentions type person. And then you have, uh, apparently his daughter, the Earth Queen, who's just, like, a complete bitch and takes advantage of everyone for her own very selfish purposes. And, of course, this goes against Korra's whole nature, so they clash right out of the gate. Korra meets the Earth Queen. She's immediately, like, yeah, what what should I do for the Avatar? Aang and Zuko stole Earth Kingdom territory to make the United Republic. Which, by the way, remember this sentiment. Because it is going to come back. I'm just going to say that right now. But then Korra's like, uh, We are here to search for airbenders. Please give us airbenders. And the Earth Queen's like, yeah, I mean, I'd give you airbenders, but uh, first, you gotta collect my tax money. There's a vault with money in it. It's mine. People are stealing it. Get tax money. So, Korra just goes on this fetch quest, essentially, with Asami to get this money. And then immediately they're attacked by bandits. Like, as soon as they land, pretty much. As soon as that money comes out. 
And by the way, I love that they're supposed to have this entourage of Earth Kingdom guards. But immediately, as soon as the bandits come up, they run away like a bunch of cowards. It's like, yeah, well, that was great. Didn't need him anyway. And Korra and Asami fight these bandits in a really, really badass action sequence that I absolutely adore. It is so, so good. But of course, Korra and Asami win, and then as the bandits are retreating, they yell out, You're on the wrong side, Avatar! That money belongs to the people, not the Earth Queen! And Korra just has the really, really great line. Why do I get the feeling that he's right? Which, by the way, he absolutely is. I'm just going to say that right now. Even knowing as little as we do at this point, like, it's very clearly the Earth Queen is just... The Earth Queen is just flat out abusing her people. But she brings the money back. And then it's like, okay, airbenders? And the queen's like, nah, there's no airbenders. You're wrong. And then Korra just basically blows up at her like, hey, screw you. We came here to get Earth to get airbenders. We know that there are airbenders. We're not leaving until we find airbenders. And then she just leaves. By the way, I love this assistant who's just cowering in fear the entire time. He's pretty great. Uh, But while I did call that the quote-unquote main plot, I I use air quotes because really the star of this episode, what makes it so freaking good in my mind, is the storyline with Mako and Bowen. So they start off just looking for Kai. Because Kai's run off to steal more shit. So they're just looking for Kai. They find Kai. He's stealing stuff. This massive chase happens. And it's well done. And then it ends with Mako and Bolin getting trapped on a train to the lower ring. Also, Kai stole their money so they can't get back to the upper ring. So there's that. But they actually end up making the best of this. This ends up being, like, this misfortune ends up being the most significant character moment for Mako and Bolin so far in this series. Uh, So for a while, they end up, like, just sleeping on the streets like they did all the way back to before the events of this show, even. So you have this humbling full circle deal, and then they stumble on a fruit stand and have this big (laughs) Abbott and Costello routine with the freaking fruit stand vendor. It's like, oh, we should steal this fruit. No, we're not stealing this fruit. It's disgusting. You're gonna steal my fruit? No, I just said, I just said it's disgusting. Oh, so you're too good for my fruit? Wait, do you, do you want us to steal your fruit or not? 
I'd like to see you try. Wait, I'm confused. Are we stealing the fruit or not? I knew you were going to steal my fruit. Fruit thieves. <laughs> it's so hilarious. It, it, that scene alone is just perfect. <laughs> that scene alone is just freaking phenomenal. So they get tackled by this fruit stand vendor. And that's revealed that this fruit stand vendor is their cousin. And it is revealed by their uncle, who then takes them to their massive, massive, massive long-lost family who live in the lower ring of Ba Sing Se. So there's this massive reunion happening that is so beautiful and poetic and perfectly done. In pretty much every possible way. Uh, in particular, they meet their grandmother. Who is amazing just on her own. Mako and Belin go in and the grandmother's like, Where's your parents? Where is my son? Where is your mother? And then Mako and Bolin have to very tragically reveal to her that they indeed were killed. When they were little. When Mako and Bolin were little. And it's a really heartbreaking scene where Mako literally has to tell his grandmother that her son's dead. After so many years of being estranged. And you find out why they were estranged. You find out why Their father left Bossing Say because he desperately wanted to go out and see the world. But then uh, his father, their grandfather, just got pissed and was like, no, you have to stay here and do the fruit stand deal. And they got really angry. They yelled at each other. And then he never spoke to his family again. Which makes it even more tragic. The scene with Mako and Bolin telling their grandmother that their father's dead. It makes it even more tragic. That's like there's all this totally unreconciled anger. This totally unreconciled disdain. That is just out there and and never got resolved. Like, never got fixed. Like, their family was never able to repair itself. Because of this horrific, horrific event that happened so many years ago that they didn't even know about until now. It's heartbreaking. It's genuinely heartbreaking. And then there's this amazing, amazing scene where the grandmother just shows Mako and Bolin this picture. This picture, the one and only picture that was sent to her by their father. 
And they see this picture of them and their parents. And Mako decides, when looking at this picture, that it's time for him to finally give up his scarf. The scarf left to him by his father that he has worn his entire life from that point. That he's had such an emotional connection to up until this point. He decides that it's better for his grandmother to have it. That he would want her to have it. It is better off in the hands of his grandmother than him. It has done its duty of consoling Mako. And now it can be a small consolation to his grandmother. Having just learned that her son is dead. It is such a mature character decision on Mako's part. It is such a mature Brilliant character decision for him. It's fantastic. It really, really is. This whole plot line with Mako and Bolin reuniting with their with their family is magnificent. It really, really is. Like it deepens them so much. It adds so much emotion to what is otherwise very much a place-setting episode. It's great. It's really, really great. Uh, We also have this subplot continuing on with Zuko trying to stop Sahir. And we don't really get much on this front. It's really just a scene, but it's significant enough to mention uh, Zuko and Tanrock Go to Eskandesna. They all go to this secret prison. Where the last member of Sahir's crew is being held. This gigantic, deep ice prison that's so cold, she can't firebend. And by the way, this last woman can firebend with... Her mind. Sound familiar? This is Combustion Lady! Technical difficulties. Apologies for that. We have Combustion Lady now. We had Combustion Man. Now we have Combustion Lady. That was the worst place. For my recording setup to go haywire. Because I was really excited about talking about Combustion Lady. And I especially love... This, like, awkward elevator scene with Zuko, Tonrock, Eska, and Desna. Where Zuko's giving the briefing on this woman, Combustion Lady. And Zuko's like, ironically, I hired someone similar to kill the Avatar myself once. 
It didn't work. It's okay. I tried to kill Cora once after she ruined my wedding. It happens. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then we get like a little menacing monologue from Combustion Lady, and that's pretty much all we get on that front. Oh, but then we have our ending. A really fantastic ending where Bolin and Mako find out that there are airbenders that have been captured. And then as they're having this realization that they need to get back to Korra, that they need to find Korra and tell her about this, we cut to Kai, who is continuing his airbending thievery. And is captured by the Dai Li. And thrown into this prison with a bunch of airbenders, with a bunch of other airbenders, who are now meant to be a military force for the Earth Queen. The Earth Queen is capturing airbenders and using them for her military. Then it ends. So there's that. That happened. We'll get the resolution to that tomorrow, I guess. That should be fun. God, I love this season. It's so good. I forgot how... Like, I remembered it being great. I just forgot how great it was. I'm loving literally every single aspect of it. Right now. Uh, if you like this. Favorites podcast. Anchor.fm slash TV archives. So that you can be here. Every single Monday through Friday. As I go through every single episode. Of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app. You prefer. Feel free to call in. As well. It's as simple as just a push of a button. On the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined. To send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work, you could also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 3, Episode 4. Talk to you then.